I didn't watch any of the playoff games yesterday because I might be in a band. Okay, so I didn't watch any of the games either. Oh, um, what's your um, excuse, man? Oh, if you want to hear the real excuse, is that I was sitting um, just lazy. Is that I was sitting in the bathroom upstairs, drinking whiskey <laughs> and listening to economics uh, news, but. <laughs> I was like, man, I just I was just out in the backyard Sick. with the dogs throwing throwing a ball in like negative four because the dogs were just like, no, we want to play in the snow. And I'm like, I don't. And they're like, we do. And yeah, I'm like, so I guess after that, I just needed to the thaw only out. thing left for a lady for, for a lady to do is just to sit in the old classic bathtub and just chill and drink whiskey. Exactly. I don't blame yeah. you. I don't blame you. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now how does this much money move every single day and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one. And have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Right, guys, welcome back to Drunkenomics, the drinking podcast with an economics problem. Third week of the new year, second podcast of the new year. There we go. I want to welcome you guys back. Uh, to those of you that hung out with us last week, in, or at least at least initially us, and then five at the end, just me, in the Discord <laughs> in the general chat. Thanks for coming out, guys. I had a really good time. I hope you did too. Yeah, me too. For but, the short period that I was in it. <laughs> yeah, no, you had a game. You had a game. You had a game. Yeah. Okay. But guys, uh... I'm James Goldwater, less gracious host, empowered by the VIX to be utterly without grace this week for the first time this year, and for the first time this year, your gracious host, you know him, you love him, Mr. Aaron Wall. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I really appreciate it. I am drinking some toasted barrel, oh, wait, what do you call this? The Basil Hayden toast. Um, oh gosh, that's amazing. Dude, I, it's got like a nicer finish than the regular Basil Hayden's, which by the way, that regular, the standard Basil Hayden's is like the interest. That's the bourbon that got me into bourbon. You know, it was fantastic. So now, that toasted barrel very has grateful a, for this bottle. Has a nice sweetness to it. A very nice sweetness. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. So yeah. What do you, what's, uh, what's in your, in your swill today? Uh, I'm, I'm drinking a Sangiovese. Um, mm. Interesting. Yeah. So just a nice red wine. Cause I'm going to be, cause I've, I was cooking earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, nice. how it is. Yep. but if you want to join us for a few minutes next week, or maybe it's just me next week, uh, during our week off from podcasting, but still on for being econoholics and economists that we are, uh, you'll want to join us in the discord. There's a general chat there. I think we're going to go, I think, what did we say? Like um, eight thirty central time, eight thirty central. That's, that's, what, we did we did, that's what we did last time. So yeah, eight thirty central. So, so here's your warning. So on Monday, the Hang on, 29th, 29th. I think. That would be the that would have to be the 29th because today is the 22nd. So absolutely. So Monday the 29th, we'll be we'll be there hanging out for a little bit uh, at that point. But if you want to know how to find the invite to the Discord, if you're yeah. not already a member, and by member I mean if you're not already part of the Discord, then check us out at Drunkenomical, D R U N K E N O M I C A L. Yep. And that is on Twitter. I'm not calling it the new name. <laughs> on, on Facebook and the metaverse, Instagram, all of it. Threads. And just find us yeah, there. Yeah, of course. And if you also want to add us on uh, on LinkedIn, more than happy to yep. accept. Just let me know that you're adding me from Drunkenomics. More than happy to accept. And beyond that, I also should say, you know, you'll see our employers. So disclaimer, everything we say here 
are our it's all our own opinions they do not reflect the views and the thoughts of our employers this is just absolutely not james and i reacting to news articles that we saw nothing that we saw internally while we were at work but just stuff that you know we saw on cnbc or bloomberg or you like to read the economist i like to read the wall street journal so just you know articles that we see there more than happy to um you know if you if you if you're like oh where did you see this statistic or where did you see this event more than happy to do a work site if you hit us up on discord if you hit us up on any of the uh, social medias we'd uh you know we'd respond back within three to five we'd business days <laughs> yeah we'd be re- yeah we'd yeah. respond back within three to five business, three days, to five and, business uh, days yeah and uh let you know what and where we saw whatever we saw so these are just like i said our opinions not financial advice uh i'm gonna lead off by saying this because i feel like this this conversation is gonna resurface soon as much as jamie diamond does not want it to resurface but bitcoin why not why not talk about bitcoin start off this uh this amazing this amazing week three yeah of bitcoin you don't look happy to talk I about st- this I'm not- i still i st- <laughs> i still have not received an adequate explanation for why i should trust it james goes or put my money in it yeah james goes gulp <laughs> uh, yeah with, with well, the San of course yeah it's a little <laughs> okay uh, it's just a little sip of just like i yeah I, I still fundamentally don't understand why the use of blockchain is great for currency and and i say this as as an accountant who fully respects and loves the concept of what blockchain will do for audit purposes mm-hmm. for so like for things within my industry i can understand applications of the technology but for like a decentralized currency, I don't. I'll I'll, I'll pick up where Charlie where Charlie Munger left off. I don't see a, a legitimate purpose. Okay, well, to kind of like extend an olive branch to what you're saying, I having, also having don't. said that, if I thought I could, if I thought I could make money, I'd absolutely put exactly, my money there. Exactly. So that's kind of what I'm going to say too. Is I don't see the 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 purpose of Bitcoin yet. Everyone talks about this decentralized currency. Uh, you know the store value this you know this what do you call it like the exchange of good like the mm-hmm. um the token of exchange or whatever i forget the the actual th- law uh for currency it's one of the three laws of what a, what makes a currency but like I, yeah. I don't see i don't see those laws applying to bitcoin granted i don't see it applying to gold either but gold is just i, I think it's just well so much better established and actually does serve as a as a pretty decent store of value with with yeah. a lot less volatility well it and has it has industrial r- demand like gold has true yeah industrial application right so there's and not in a way from a cost perspective that makes any sense but yeah like, like you know, it, it does. Like it's a, you know, like I forget what they said about gold, but it's like it, it like extremely good tra- conductor. Yeah, it's a good, really good yeah. conductor. Yeah, uh, and believe it or not, there is a tiny bit of gold in every single iPhone. Not anything yep. like that's actually worth. It's probably like you know, if you really add it up, it's like twenty five cents of gold in your iPhone. In um, in most technology, actually, there's a really interesting thing in Japan um, because of catalytic converters and what on cars with those like the trace metals that they mm-hmm. leave on roads is that every few years Japanese will bring, will tear up a ro- like we'll, we'll take the surface off a road, put a new surface down. And then they, uh, they also go through recycle and recycle out those materials. Those, oh, wow, um, yeah. those industrial metals. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like th- that's the thing about gold. Like, you know, I-, I do think gold is a good store of value. That, that is something that like with the dollar and gold kind of have in common. And I also like that, that gold 
it doesn't have a correlation with the dollar. I mean, it does in, in, in the sense that, you know, dollar strength probably means gold weakness, but it also depends on what all the other currencies, you know, all other global currencies are doing. And on top of that, gold does have a nice, like, lack of correlation with the S&P 500 and with the bond markets. Yeah. That's the cool thing about gold. But, like, Bitcoin does have those 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 characteristics, but the volatility of Bitcoin just makes the argument for Bitcoin as a store of value not that compelling. But I say all this to say that I do think if I had to bet, and I'm not saying this is financial advice, please don't take it as financial advice. But if someone put a gun to my head and said, hey, best performing asset class of 2024, which one do you think it is? I might have to go with Bitcoin. And that's I, just because of the Bitcoin ETF, isn't it? I, is that what's driving your... You tell me. You tell me what's going to happen with the, spot, with the approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs. What's going to happen to the demand for Bitcoin? You, you tell me. I... So... I want to say that all the I what I want to say is that all the people who love Bitcoin because it's decentralized and no government regulates it are going to turn away from it because it got the government seal of approval. But they're not gonna. They're not going to. They I, won't. I think this it's, this kind of recognizes Bitcoin as something that is. I guess I don't know. That makes it a little bit more like gold in the sense that it is a store of value, um, and that it is an I investable asset class. I see it as a commodity. But it's not real. Like, I mean, not like it's not no. physically tangible, you know, like a commodity is no. physically. There's a barrel of oil. There's a bushel of corn. Yeah. No, OK, so you, I you guess, know what I mean? Yeah. See, I don't want to call it a security because it's 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 not it's not it's not tied to anything. So like like stock in a company is tied to an expectation that you can share in future profits of said company. Right. Well, that's exactly what a stock and the is, company yeah. has revenues and assets and liabilities. And these are, these are things that, that cryptocurrency does not have. Yeah. Like I can see it in a way that like technically it has no assets, but it has no liabilities tied to it either. That's, a, then, that's still like a terrible argument for it though. You know, it's well, like. Well, it is. Here's, here's the thing. So to me, it's a tulip that somehow serves. It's, it's tulip mania. Yeah, yeah. It's still tulip mania. But you know what? People still like tulips. And, you know, and I, I won't, I'm not going to sit here and be at, at, like so narrow minded to say that there won't be at some point in maybe even in our lifetime where Bitcoin gets the viability of becoming that central globalized currency, you know, that you can pretty much with X amount of Bitcoin, you can go to Europe and you can go to Australia, you can go to China, you can go all these different places around the world and just use one Bitcoin wallet. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's, that's not possible because I do think that that could be possible. I, you know, a lot of things need to happen for us to get to that point. But to what I was saying earlier, I do think the spot Bitcoin ETS, which really funny story on how that was formed, but uh, I, I do think that is going to push demand up for Bitcoin. And on top of that, this you know we talked about this a little bit, um, a little bit ago, but there's a lot of cash on the sidelines waiting to be deployed. A lot of these, a lot Absolutely of asset managers are sitting on on a lot of cash. A lot of investors, wealthy people, are sitting on a ton of cash. Well, there's there's a yeah, there is a lot of capital sitting on the side, and there's a few really good reasons for that. I mean, if we just look at Corporate defaults are up, I think, 80% so oh, far yeah. uh, in the last, what, two quarters? So I think it's at 153 from like from like 73. Dude, that's just insane. Or from 80 or something. It, yeah. And then of, um, of all the companies that are currently listed on U.S. exchanges, 10% of them are considered zombie companies. So zombie company yeah. is one that does not make enough money and revenue to pay for its existence. So it survives by issuing debt yeah. um, the uh and that's fine when interest rates are low and you're going to stay there yeah but in um increasing 
interest rate environment that we have been in for the last year. What we started to see is since October, uh, we've seen a steady increase in the number of those zombie companies that are filing for bankruptcy protections, are declaring bankruptcy. So yeah, if, well, if I was if I was running a an investment house, I would be keeping a lot of capital on the sidelines to see how that plays out. Yeah, because but you also have to think about like what do you go into when you deploy that cash? Because at some point, like nobody is gonna like no client of an asset manager or or whatever like is gonna be like, oh, you guys have ten percent cash in the portfolio. Like n- nobody in the right mind is no. gonna be like 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 you. Your job as a manager of other people's money, or even like if you're a family office and you're just running your own money, your job is to make your cash work for you. So, like at some point, like this cash needs to be deployed. You know, I'm not saying that it's going to all go to Bitcoin. I'm not saying no. But even then, like right now, like I I think Bitcoin has what one trillion I think in in assets, or, or there's one trillion in Bitcoin out there. With the most recent price action, ironically, after the approval of the Bitcoin spot ETFs, uh, it's a little bit lower, but it's about $1 trillion. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that by the end of the year, it's going to reach $2 because that would mean that Bitcoin goes up to like 80000 bucks a coin. But I just, wouldn't, I just wouldn't be surprised if we get like a pretty decent return on Bitcoin this year. So looking at, so I, I decided to look up what Bitcoin's market cap is, which is just, nice. I don't know if market cap's the right word, but... It is what it, it's what it is. Should be just shy of eight hundred million. Yeah, it's right? a, yeah, it's just shy of eight hundred billion. So it's seven, about seven hundred ninety-two billion. Billion? Did I say million? Um, billion? Dollars. Yeah, you did. But My um, bad. Okay. for a second, I looked at that and I read it as seven hundred ninety-two trillion, and I went, nah, that, "No, that's not right. God, that, no. can't, yeah. that can't be okay. right." That's that's what caused me that that moment of pause. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, okay, so like, is one point five trillion in Bitcoin completely out of the question? I don't think so. Uh, uh, this year, I don't know, I, right? Like that's a lot of money. That's I, I get it, you know. So I wish I could say it was out of the question, but I don't think it is. I really don't. I think, I, I mean, you, you and I were talking before we started recording, and we were talking about how, uh, yeah, what you, what was it you said sixty percent of the um, S and P five hundred companies right now are are have negative growth. Sixty one percent, yes, year to date. Which I, I know, we're, like we're looking at a very small sample size, right? Because sure, it's only been three but, weeks, n- not even, but you the know, S&P- so. But at the same time as 61% are, are experiencing negative trends, yeah. S&P 500 is at record highs. Yeah, it just crossed above 4,800, which, which means that, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. The rich are getting richer um, in that sense that like- Well, no, I, I mean, beyond that, what I was going to say is what it means is that the, where, where there is growth, it is massive. It's yes. enough to carry the rest. The, entire, the rest of the market, you know? yeah. It's in, but I think, I, I think it kind of leads to a very- Interesting discussion, like and, and you know, like I, let's move off of Bitcoin because Jamie Dimon, Jamie Dimon's interview at Davos was absolutely legendary, by the way. So I encourage everybody to go look at, uh, just go like watch his CNBC interview, uh, just go rewatch it uh, when he was at Davos because it was super interesting. But yeah, and I, and I should also make a disclaimer that I don't have any Bitcoin. Like it's not something that. Well, no, and I'm not advocating that people. Yeah, and I you don't have a position that you're having. Yeah, and I'm not no, advocating I, that people buy Bitcoin. I'm just, I'm just kind of like you know a gamble like that. This is just a, a guess that I think Bitcoin is going to be a, a solid asset class this year. And I'm saying that right after two weeks of Bitcoin just completely shit in the bed in terms of price action. So I get it. But regardless, moving off off Bitcoin, yeah, this is a really interesting business cycle. I mean, you know, the VIX is still relatively low, but the VIX is creeping up with mm-hmm. the markets, which is kind of 
in, uh, is that indicative of something? Um, you know, like. Well, I mean, we talked about increasing corporate defaults. We talked about mm-hmm. increasing bankruptcies. Uh, we've talked about you know inflation. While it's tamed, people are still not necessarily loving where it is, and, and, and I can respect that as a whole. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's some legitimate concern. I mean, this is so. When I say legitimate concern, uh, buy now, pay later. So like, oh yeah, that that exists. Uh, it's being used in a massive way. What a concept! Yeah, yeah. over over what um, oh, you know, and it's not counted like we count credit card debt. It's not counted like we count other types of really. It's not. Yeah, it's not counted. So it exists. We know it exists. We know it's being used in a in a very strong fashion. But we don't like it's it's we know it's happening, but we don't know how much it's happening. Right. Yeah. Like it's 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 that thing where that's kind of scary. It, it is scary <laughs> because it's it's we we know it is we know it is happening quite a lot at the same time that credit card debt is very high yeah. and interest rates are high or high. being held high. So it's, a, it's an unknown, but it doesn't necessarily augur well for consumption in, no. in the United States specifically, but globally as well. And so yeah. with that in mind, yeah, you could, I, I would expect that you'd see, that you would start to see the VIX creeping up, that you would start to see that despite markets were going up because ha- they have this great news out of, out of fourth quarter, out of the, out of the Santa rally, out of, out of, out of a, a pretty solid holiday season, um, that as we go into earnings and as we go into projections, uh, for the for the new year, so for for twenty for twenty twenty four, you might see that volatility would become a thing where maybe all the all the free money has been spent. It was going to be spent by consumers. I I don't know. Yeah, you know, and, and I said the VIX is creeping up, but I'm yeah, but not it's, by it's much. Still, it's still at thirteen, <laughs> right? So like even yeah, then, the market still to not... make you graceful. No, thank you. Just so, enough to so, make you gracious. I know, literally, <laughs> literally by like point one one points, like the VIX uh-huh. just just. Barely scratch the surface for me to be more graceful. So thank you, Vix. Thank you, options buyers out there, right? That are that are actually going further out in time and not just doing zero DTE. But yeah, I I think uh, you know I think this is a really interesting business cycle because it seems like there's so much optimism coming from earnings forecasts, coming from mm-hmm. people always talk about small caps, right? Like if this is a good business cycle, small small caps are going to do well obviously right yeah Um, they they should yeah yeah so you know if you look at small caps like trading multiples there are insanely cheap but that there's a reason for that and then why is there this massive multiple expansion at the magnificent seven level with the s&p 500 and i i don't know right that's that's you know is everybody just betting on the growth gonna be held at that level and not anywhere else in the markets maybe that's just think it's super that is what it seems to be. To be fair, I know people but are betting on known things. They've kind of moved out of tech I, and I, into the semiconductors, which is still tech. Well, you know? it's like, it's the it's the hardware that. I mean, to be fair, I can understand that. Like, I mean, let's look at it this way. Like, clearly, there's a market for drones, especially if they explode or shoot things that explode. And clearly, there's a market for smart bombs, right? Yeah. Now. So the U.S. makes a lot of those, and so and with the AI push, yeah, yeah like semiconductors, which, very clearly, like. Semiconductors. There's been a uh, yeah. I guess def- I guess olive branch there. Uh, you know, defense and aerospace. But at the same time, if you look at Apple and Microsoft, the two biggest companies in the world, right? That's that's the fact. That's a fact. If you look at market cap, two biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Can, can we cheers Microsoft for that? For that like five minutes that they were the number one. Because cheers to Microsoft. Cheers to Microsoft. 
uh, for the five minutes, I was, and then and then pour one out to Apple, and then cheers again to Apple for being number one again. So, what what do you do? What do you do? Right? Like they, they're all at all time highs. The two biggest companies in the world are all time highs. So, yeah, you, you know, you, you're looking at why the S and P five hundred is at also pretty much at all time highs, uh, crossing above forty eight hundred, while sixty one percent of the S and P five hundred is negative year to date, and also. I forget. Uh, I saw some CNBC. Joe Turnover was saying this. Seventy, I think seventy-two or seventy-one percent of the of the companies in the S and P five hundred are underperforming the S and P. Are underperforming the S and P five hundred. That really says so. Like you, when it's like, wow, seventy-two percent of you are underperforming the market you make. That's yeah, crazy. Like, that's that's crazy. Of, that you're in. You're in the basket of because that. And it, it reminds me of like the the crazy grading scales that exist in the United States. Like, yeah. like what, what, we, what we should see is that 50% of the companies underperform and 50% of the companies outperform, outperform. right? As yeah. a whole, we'd, we'd expect to see a standard bell curve, right? But now yeah. it's like, oh yeah, 72% of you are underperforming. It's like, well, how, how well are, is that 28% performing that they make? Everyone else underperformed that badly. Yeah, well, like it, it's and it always makes me think. Like, obviously, if the S and P five hundred is reaching all time highs, people aren't selling the bottom sixty one percent to buy the top. You know, what is the math? Thirty nine percent, right? That's not what's happening. If the S P also reaching all time highs, that means someone people are selling out of something else and buying the S P five hundred. Yeah, people yeah. are buying into the S and P. Yeah, which again, I can respect. Like, I can respect those firms as a whole. Yeah. But it also means, right, so, like, you know, it, like, you know, people are also wondering, like, how could that be possible? Well, obviously, the S P 500 is not equal weighted. We talked about this before. Like, the majority, no. I, I, what, a quarter of the S P 500 is in the top six companies or something like that. So, yeah. Well, the next yeah. thing is, if I, if, I'm, if I really want to put money into the S P 500 and I don't want to, like, it, okay, it's like, it's like, um, it's like roulette. You can either pick a number or you can pick a color. Yeah. And um, I think the EFTs are like the color. So you just go like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go with S&P, an S&P ETF. E- EFT? EFT. ETF. ETF, yeah. Sorry. Oh. EFT is a thing at work. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, an ETF. Not, not an electronic funds transfer. An ETF. Oh. Um, ETF is a thing at work for me. So um, yeah. funny. EFT funny is the one at work for me. So well, yeah. the thing is, like, if I'm sitting here and I'm like, I can either put my money into a, into a NASDAQ yeah. ETF or a, an S&P ETF. Again, not advice, but like I'd be inclined to go. Well, S and P hitting record highs. Yeah, I mean, it's really so, good to me. So is the Nasdaq too. I mean, they're all they're all hitting all time well, highs. Well, yeah, they but, all are. But yeah, but it's still one of those but, things. We sit here, you're like, well, who's an S and P? And then you start listing those top six names, and you go, oh, yeah, no. Like I, I yeah. perceive that they will continue to be valuable and profitable firms. So yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I think this is a, this is a really uh, interesting market cycle. There's a lot to look forward to this year, um, you know. And I think one of the things that we have to pay attention everybody's always paying attention to the Fed. And I think as we kind of roll into and roll closer to the debt maturity wall, I think the Fed is eventually going to have to take action. Absolutely, because you know, we, you know we, we we just talked about all these corporate defaults. What's going to come Which- out of these defaults and, and these bankruptcy protections, like? Uh, they're going to have to restructure the debt and probably raise new debt, you know? Yeah. So, well, so the first thing that's going to happen is that the creditors are going to get hurt to an extent. Yes. The creditors will probably, uh, will not get paid back the full value of their money. So they will have a loss on that. But to be fair, uh, you let money into that. You knew you you were probably looking at it and going, man, I'm going to get, I'm really making a killing on my yield here. Yeah. So you accepted that risk. And 
my my thing is my big position on economics, my big position on investment is that if you can't afford to lose it, you shouldn't. Well, not necessarily economics, but investing is if you can't afford to lose the money, you shouldn't be investing the money. That's one. And two, if you if you expect there to be the capacity for high gains, you have to accept that there's also capacity for high losses. Risk. You can lose everything. Yeah. And so if you sit here and say, like, well, no, I shouldn't be allowed to lose money. Well, my response is, well, that's a Ponzi scheme. And those don't work yeah. in the end. They don't. And that, I mean, uh, I, I'll say this. Like, if you can't afford to lose it. it it's, there are safer alternatives. That's what, I'm, that's what I was going to say. Like, th- there are safer alternatives. You can always go on, you know, go, go into, you know, U.S. government debt. Like, those are investable assets. that. Like, I'm not going to say you're guaranteed your money back because that's not true. But it's called the risk free like, rate for a reason. It's called the risk free rate for US a reason. Is. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it, look at like I encourage you to look up what that means. It, it's a risk. It's technically the risk free rate. Are you guaranteed your money back? Not necessarily, right? But the U.S. government up to this point has not defaulted on their loans. So, like, if you it's invest in U.S. government assets with the money that you can't afford to lose, like I'm like nobody's gonna hit you over the head for that and think that's a bad decision. But at the same time, you can't expect all your money back. You could, It wouldn't be unreasonable to expect some of your money back, most of your money back, but you can't expect all of it back, right? So just, just want to make that disclaimer there. But, you know, going into, you know, we've mentioned this before on our podcast, and as much as I like to stay good news bears, because I do think, relatively speaking, our economy is in a pretty strong yeah. space. But Absolutely. this maturity wall is scaring me with these defaults, with the rise of... Uh, bankruptcy filings uh, for I would, let's call sub investment grade corporate loans, and on top of that, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, right? They're not triple rated, you know. They're, they no. are, they, 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 and they are, and they never have been. Um, and, and like the default rates for triple A loans, I think are still like I don't, I haven't looked at those yet, but I, I don't think they're creeping up. Still it, lower. It, yeah, they're still pretty well, low. So you it's, know? it's a and to be fair, we say like they're up eighty percent. And I know I said it earlier in the episode, it's only 153. Right, yeah. Now that's that's the highest it's been in seven years, not including COVID years. So that's another caveat. Mm-hmm. We're not counting the, co- the the spate of COVID defaults. But in assuming a normal market, it's the highest since 2015. Or, nope, since yeah. 2017. That's weird. Yeah, so like- I just did the math on what year it is. Yeah, exactly. So like, and back to like, what I, and like when I say investment grade, I mean triple B rated or higher, right? Anything below triple B is- speculative grade right and then goes into like high yield junk you know the sea levels but like you know if you think about like triple a rated bonds like they historically have never defaulted while they were still given the triple a rating right they, they could have been downgraded and then defaulted later but Correct. like while they're triple a rated they haven't defaulted so you know like with what's happening with corporate debt uh with what's happening with credit card debt and if you look at federal government debt you know, I want to spend some time talking about the maturity wall because, what, I mean, what is the maturity? What is the quote unquote maturity wall? Well, I mean, I'm trying to find a, a simple definition. Yeah, yeah. A simple definition. Essentially, so, so I guess the easiest way to put it is um, so I wanted to use a scientific reference, but that's not going to work. <laughs> or it's not going to work given how much I've had to, given where I'm at oh, in the oh. night. Um, so yeah. the maturity wall is essentially, it started, it started conceptually being discussed in 2010, I think. But it's a it's a concept of like as as companies have staggered out their debt over time, there's different uh, time periods, right? They can go six months a year. Yeah. But as they go, those start to stack up. So especially as they continue to reissue new debt. So um, a 10 year bond 
that they would a ten-year debt that they would have issued ten years ago comes due at the same time as a five-year debt issued five years later, and as the one year that's issued nine years later, and as the six months that's issued nine and a half years later. But yeah. as they all stack up into a single period, what happens is those those long-term debts or those debts that 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 were a long time out continue to creep closer, and then as the ones inside between that big like that long-term one and now all start to come together into a single period in which all the debt becomes due uh, at the same time. Scary stuff, huh? The, and, oh, oh. It's, and, and keep in mind, these aren't structured like car payments. They're not structured like mortgages. Mortgages, you pay principal and interest throughout the life of the loan. All, all at the same time. Exactly. Absolutely. Like it, It's amortized throughout the life of the loan. You know, So if you have a 30-year mortgage, like it's not like you pay 60 bucks a year and then at the end of your 30 years, you pay back your $400,000 mortgage. It's not like that. No, it's you pay. Yeah, you pay. At the end of 30 years, you own your house. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. This is like mortgages are like, you know, you pay, you know, 1800 bucks a month until, you know, your house is paid off, right? Until throughout the life of the loan. But corporate debt isn't like that. Corporate debt is you take a $1 million loan and you pay, um, I, I don't know. You get, you get, get $800,000 for your $1 million. Well, you no, issue you, a million like, dollars. Well, well, corporate debt is more like you, you take a $1 million loan, you receive a million bucks. But let's say, okay. the loan, let's say the loan is for 10 years. Like every six months you have to pay, I'm trying to think of what a reasonable amount would be. But like every six months you pay $5,000. Right? That'd be no. That'd be yeah. Really low. Okay, I guess that would work. Yeah. Really low, but but let's just say let's just say that they said, hey, every five months it's a five thousand dollar, or every six months it's a five thousand dollar premium for for, for borrow the money, and the then money. at the end of the ten years you pay back the million dollars. Is that a terrible loan? I feel like it, that's a terrible. It loan. is. Well, it's a point five percent. It is oh, for the uh, it is for the issuer for the creditor. That's a terrible loan. Uh, if, if you're the borrower, for the borrower that's, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's, okay, let's say fifty thousand then. Okay, so every six months you pay fifty thousand dollars to service a loan, right? And then at the end of the go. yeah, sorry, that's a that's a five percent. My math is so far off after however many seven drams of bourbon, but yeah. So wrong guess. One point fifty thousand. Let's just say that was a loan that you got in like twenty twenty at zero percent. There we go. Interest. That would make a little bit more sense if it was investment grade, but even then. That's still very low. Yeah, spreads are never that that narrow. But um, let's just say you you know you take on a loan fifty thousand dollars every six months. Like corporate debt, at the end of that period, at the end of the the tenure of the bond, you have to pay back the full amount. So when you take on a million dollar loan, like what James said, for ten years, and then another one for five years, five years later, and then another one for you know for one year nine years later yeah, and for, another for one year yeah yeah you have to stack up on so cash. suddenly yeah you have to, you have to all of a sudden stack up on cash and get embrace yourself for that you know when the bond matures you have to pay four million dollars back to the owner you know yeah because you where you sit here and go like oh don't worry because so what's, what's going to happen is uh you get to that point in nine years and some accountant's going to sit there and they're going to go and they're going to make a change on your balance sheet yeah. And the change in the balance sheet is going to be a really simple yeah. one in liabilities. It's just going to be, uh, it's going to be that switch from long-term, long-term liabilities yeah. to current liabilities. <laughs> and boy, can that really screw with some of your ratios that can mess with your asset tests, everything else. Suddenly oh, you're sitting yeah. here going, what do you mean I have to pay back $5 million Well, and guess, this guess year? what a lot of people do. Exactly. Like, and guess what a lot of people do when they're facing this giant debt maturity wall? Well, they... 
they, you guessed it. You, they, they borrow more money, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, and Namely, and the was, U.S. government. Yep. Yeah, it, so, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not good yeah. when it's a private firm. Uh, it's, it's well, I, I, more... I will, I will say this, and I, this is not a dig on the U.S. government, but it kind of is. A private company, like an Apple, or even, you know, let's just say a $2 billion small cap company, they're much more meticulous and methodical with their debt. And they don't like, they don't like to put themselves in situations where they had to face a debt maturity wall. Cause that's just not reasonable. Well, yeah, and that's, just not but, that's because, uh, but that's because a company exists to make profit. Yeah. But and, US, and yeah. So, I, okay. Yeah. I mean that obviously there's a big decision there. The, the government exists to provide, I mean, the, the most basic definition of what government is, it exists to provide for the common, for the common wheel. Or the common good. Yeah, but then and, again, you're not um, providing for the common good. As a matter of fact, you're burdening the common good if you're issuing yeah, a ton of no, debt you, that all you, of a sudden matures at the same time. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, you burden the common. You burden. You burden your nation. You burden your citizenry. You burden taxpayers. Um, and, and that's well, that's the citizenry. Um, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No. And, and you're and you're obviously not going to get a whole lot of pushback from me on the fact that. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, unfortunately. If you were to if you were to ask politicians what their what their guiding light is, usually they're going to say it's to get reelected, not to yep. to be responsible, to do to create the common good in an efficient and um, and financially responsible way. You, exactly. And and both both parties are guilty. Both. Uh, yeah. No administration is innocent. Not, not even means. close. Not even close. So. I, th- I want to bring it up because I do think that this is actually going to influence Fed action. You know, we talked about this before. A lot of government debt maturing in the next year and a half. Fittingly, also an election year. Fittingly, also when uh, wait the debt ceiling suspension was pushed until twenty twenty five, right? Yeah. So a lot of government debt. You know, a lot of big twenty twenty five is going to be a big year for us. Twenty twenty four is I guess twenty twenty four is also gonna be a big year too in the fact that it is an election year. We have an election but, we have an election. They did technically decide to fund the government for a few more months. Yeah. I guess is it's kind of the last thing I saw, but Yeah, but I just think you know, I don't I don't know. I don't wanna say I'm scared or anything, but I I'm just like I I think the Fed they can't possibly look at the, the data coming forth and like and they see all these corporate defaults and they see this giant debt maturity wall. And they see it trillion dollars of cash in the sidelines. Like they can't possibly look at that and think, "Oh, higher for longer makes sense." You know. Well, it does if you do, if if you ignore those things. And <laughs> to be fair, I think. Well, to be fair, I think the Fed should ignore those things because the the Fed didn't determine that the government was going to spend more in, in in than it earned in receipt in tax receipts. Uh, that's the, that's. That's Congress. Yeah, but don't you think there's going to be some political pressure from Congress, from whomever, from whatever branch of government you want? Absol- oh, to- absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So candidates, yeah. candidates, elected officials—they're all gonna, they're all gonna dog on the Fed. But the problem is, in the end, is they already spent the money and they were happy to do it. Yeah. And so it's at a point now where I'm like, hey, you're sitting here acting like the Fed caused this problem. They didn't. You did, or your predecessors up the line did, and. You know, you're paying yourselves quite well for this yeah. job that many of you behave like you don't want. Yeah. But it's time it's time for you to show that leadership you talk about in your campaign ads 
and actually try to deal with it. You know, um, and I know that's asking too much of our elected officials. You know, an economic could wish, right? We could, we could always wish. We could always oh, wish yeah. for that. Um, Absolutely. But I also think, but I also do think, like, if you if you look at like like especially the corporate stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. that default, you know, and the zombie companies and all, like everything we talked about earlier. If you look at that, like you can't possibly think that higher for longer makes sense if you don't like your your goal is to get to, to tame inflation. I get it. That's your number one goal. But the Fed has also been I don't want to say adamant, but they've also been strong willed or uh I, I don't know how you want to say it, but like they, they also believe that they stubborn. can navigate stubborn, there we go. That's a good word. Yeah. They they've also they also do believe that they can actually navigate this inflation taming cycle. And not to, break the economy. In other words, a soft landing, right? Yeah. And so, to be fair, a lot of evidence suggests they might be right. I, I, now, you know, I, it's been a long, it's been a long, long, long landing. Long. Way oh, yeah. too long. Well, that's that's generally how you make it smooth. Um, uh, what I'll say is this. So let me let me take the counterpoint to your argument, you know, just for fun. Please do. Please um, do. So on the one hand, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I understand where you're coming from on... Uh, you see, you see the defaults. You see the uh, bankruptcies, and you go, oh, "That's not good. Something should probably happen." And, and the zombie companies. Um, my response to that is actually no. You want the zombie companies to restructure and either succeed or leave the market. Yes. Okay. They I, have I, I, failed. I, I, okay. Yeah. So like, let's let's weed out. It's, it's like it's like it's like a hell week for Navy SEALs. You know, weed out the guys that don't actually want to be there that week, bad. Yeah. It's buds. Yeah. Well, we- it's it's beyond that. It's it's beyond that. It's um it's that the those that are not capable of existing in the, you know, we can't we can't just let you continue to exist through loans. You're not No you're not, way, yeah. You are inefficiency in the market. You are consuming yeah. resources from financial institutions, from investors, from everyone else that could be and should be and will be, generally speaking, right? Not specifically, but generally speaking. Producing some um, sort of economic value or, or producing actual economic value yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. And so it's this it's it's essentially um all right, so you golfed. I, <laughs> I I played rugby and ran, but there were yeah. You remember those practices? Like it, it was either conditioning day or um, God, whatever. Yeah. It was, but it was essentially you'd be doing something and it'd be like, okay, last two guys are dropped. Rest of you keep going. Oh, last two guys are dropped. Rest of you keep going. Yeah, I mean that didn't happen very much for golf, but that happened for tr- when I ran track. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so so like events tough. like that, it's like okay, everyone that didn't make this time, you're dropped. And so, like, there would be times where, like, in rugby, where we'd be doing, we'd be doing um, hemi miles or suicides on the field, and like, it'd be like, okay, last person across, um, last two guys across this line, last two guys across, don't don't run the next yeah, one on the way back, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was over, but and it, and yeah, it kind of sucked, and like, it, it's it's or like the um, another one we did was uh, there would be like we'd be it'd be like running lines, so running suicides, but we yeah. had. Um, it had a beep test. Oh, so God, like, I remember the beep test. That sucked, dude. Uh-huh. Oh, my and God. And it does suck. It does suck. But when you have a lot of strong competitors out there, it, it drives you to be better. It drives you to dig deeper to stay in. Yeah. And the beep test was always more fun than the last two across the line because it was essentially it was saying like, hey, we're setting up. If you all can do it, that's great. But yeah. you can't. 
eventually it becomes impossible. And yeah, the so the beeps get faster, yeah. Yeah, as the beeps speed up, yeah. there's a smaller gap in between. So that's how I view the market. That's how I view um, corporations is, is eventually if you take your – Sears is gone. You know, 100 years ago, Sears was the biggest name on the block. Like they were yeah. huge. And it was never conceivable that Sears would, would go bankrupt. But they took their eye off the ball. They failed to adapt. Big time. And now they're gone. Yeah. And I think, you know, to me, that's, part, that's one of the beauties of capitalism. And it sounds bad. But it's like, if you can't do what you need to do to produce revenue, and usually revenue by producing some sort of good or service that other people are willing to pay for, if you can't do that and service the loans, then... You, you don't deserve to be around. So I, I think to, to what you're saying, like, yes. Yeah. Um, it's they, these, these companies are inefficient and by them being pushed out of the marketplace, I think it's, it creates, so it creates place, space for new competitors. It creates, yeah. it creates, it frees up capital to invest in new industries in new But companies. I will say this too. So like, if these guys default on their loans and they can't pay back their loans, whoever the the loan provider, the financial services company providing these loans, yeah. they're going to be in a hole for, with, with, with the stuff. And because of that, are they well, going to be there? It's like, you know, to be honest, they, they also deserve to be in a hole. I get it. But yeah. Because they, they, that was a bad they're, loan. That was a bad idea, right? To, to loan money yep. to these zombie companies. But doesn't that restrict their ability to create new loans for that company that could actually provide economic good? It does. It, 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 it ties up in the immediate sense. I but if, if you look at it, it also, let's look at it this way. Yeah. Then there's the guys that, by the way, then there's the guys that are totally way more on your side. Like I'm on your side of the fence. It's no, totally no. this argument. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. And it's, it's no, and I, and I, so like, I, I love yeah. this, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. The, so if you're a company that didn't, you never touched, um, you never touched a zombie company, but you've been underperforming the guys that were touching the zombie companies because the yields on those were amazing, right? Like the they, yields on those were, and they kept reissuing. So you yeah, kept getting you this, like, able to catch really the yield nice, and sell, sell, that, catch the yield. sell that bond to and, another company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah you know. So you're that guy. And so you're sitting here and you think you're great because you're layman um brothers and <laughs> speaking of which, killing it good sears example yeah but well but then you've got so then but then you've got these other guys who's who you know they have they have underperformed but but they haven't touched these bad these this risk they haven't touched this risk but they've they've still done pretty well but they've underperformed the guys that did touch the risk well suddenly the guys that took on the risk and thought everything was fine they're now slowed down they can't play the market as well they don't have enough capital to play in the market the way they used to. And they have to be more serious and more selective about the loans they make because, right, they've once bitten twice shy. They've been burned. Yeah. They, they now have restrictions placed on Well, this other guy, like these other players who didn't get sucked into that easy money or that, that riskier thing, they now have more free capital, fewer concerns, right, about their own liquidity standpoint. And so maybe as they look at other loan opportunities, other um, investment opportunities, the it's more attractive to them because okay, now this guy who's issuing a double A bond looks out and he goes, well, yeah, but these two guys, these two th- three firms that I was able that like were really willing to touch anything at a premium. Yeah. Well, now money's a little more restricted, so now I have to offer a little more capital to the guys who are safer leaning, right? Yeah. So, so it it does in theory, hypothetically, right? It it penalizes those who took too many risks 
It rewards those who didn't, and it frees up more capital into the market for new entries into this environment. To loans right? that make so, sense, and not to loans yeah. like, and not to loans for companies like Nikola. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, or SPACs to or, uh, or SPACs to just You, you went know. there. You went there. Yeah. Or or into SPACs for like, oh, we're gonna do this amazing like um, Yeah, yeah. Well I, it's funny you say that because I do think private credit, like not now, but private credit is a within the fixed income space is a very interesting pocket of of the fixed income asset class. Not now, but it, it could be. Well I, I think I need I think what happens corporate spreads into wine a little bit more. Uh, for me to be compelled, right? I mean, U.S. government bonds oh, yeah. are, are yielding five, five and a half ish percent on the front end of the curve. That's that's compelling to me. So I, I'm just I'm just saying, like, if you need me to take on that kind of risk, where I go into private credit, holy cow, what a risk! That's private credit, by the way, is essentially what you're talking about. Like, that's you're, well, you're yeah. loaning to a company that has no history of cash flows a startup right like yeah and and they're not they're not going to the sba they're going to a, a hedge fund mm-hmm. or something like that to, to or vc but it's or vc yeah. it's it's hey look i've got this small company i wanna i need to expand um i'm producing you know maybe there was a issue shares company that yeah, used like, to, yeah i don't want to issue shares yet or maybe i do but i want to issue them but i'm still I, i'm still uh i'm not publicly traded yet i have i have some shares we can do private equity stake yeah. But it's 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 again it's just it's whereas these guys might have been more than happy to continue to do their money with um some bank I or, don't know yeah like or, Mattel or, they might have been more than happy to sit there and like put money into Mattel because I think Mattel is one of the zombie companies oh is it really um, yeah uh they might now be like oh you know what maybe we'll take a risk on this new company that produces a lot of the same things but. Or that has a, a much more streamlined process for something. Or it, it, yeah, it just like I said, it it gets the it gets the dead weight out of the system. Yeah, and that is. But I still think at some you know, point, like it, like you know, the defaults they, they could creep up into a realm because I mean, to about eighty percent of corporate, uh, like what was that that meme that I sent? Like corporate defaults soar to eighty percent. Like I do eighty percent in the, yeah in twenty twenty three, right? And I do think. It could get to this to a point where it, it creeps up in the bigger companies, the w- well-established companies, you know. And I would say if default rates in the speculative grade, so not junk, but like speculative grade, you know, mid-level Bs, oh, yeah. right? Those start soaring. F- somebody's got to take action, right? Because that 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 could be essentially the brink of something breaking. I'm not saying that it is. Yeah, but you know, if, no. If but the- as you as you start to see risk, as you start to see risk profiles increase, you would you have to, and then you have to reassess. Yeah, the status of the market, and yeah, and you gotta understand. Like, yeah, so uh, if if defaults soared eighty percent, let's just say the default rates were two percent, right? If it soared eighty percent, that means default rates went from two percent to three point say seven percent or something like that right like it's not you know yeah. so like that, that that's what that means right like the, you know when you say sword 80 percent, that sounds so much more dramatic which is you know i know i'm saying that because which is, I, which, I, is which is why they used it i, I know it i sent from, i sent the meme which was the, the headline from a wall street journal article right but like i i know like it's like like it, it's dramatic language corporate defaults soared 80 percent. does that mean default rates are at 80 percent? not even close Right. If that yeah. were the case, the Fed for sure is. It went. It went from. It but. went from eighty-five to one hundred and fifty-three. So, like, yeah, that's a that's a pretty substantial increase. But also, wait, what do you it's mean? It, it went from point eight five to one hundred and fifty-three. 
No, no, no. It went from 85 corporate defaults to 153 oh. corporate defaults. That's what that 80% increase represents. So, like, if you think about the number of companies that exist in the United that's States. That's not even bad. Yeah, that's, that's, you know. That's still a very small number. Okay, um, okay. Then a very okay. small percentage of the whole. Fine, James. You win this argument. All right. The, there's, no now, reason, there's no reason for the Fed, based on that, to... to Lower now, rates or anything like if that. It's, if it sticks at 80% for there we a considerable go. amount, for, for a period of time, well, hang on, because the funny thing about percentages is, if you said, oh, it's going to be 80 new companies each month, I'd be like, that doesn't necessarily still seem that, so bad. Yeah. But, when you, but, it, but an increase of 80%, well, hang on. Wait a minute. I, I, no, that gets I, really I, big really quick. I, I, I hear you say it's, you know, uh, it's, comp, it's, it's exactly like compound interest, right? Like Compound, compound interest. It's exactly like that. So all I'm going to say is something to keep an eye on. Also, something else to keep an eye on is our spread shop, our merch. It's freaking cold. You know, like it's I'm freezing here and, and I'm in Arizona. Poor James out in Nebraska playing fetch with his dogs in the snow. All I can think about is just James in his handsome drunkenomics hoodie playing fetch with his gorgeous dogs. And I want you guys to be like James. It was. Yeah, look look good in your drunkenomics swag. So check out drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com. Yeah. I was wearing one of the classic hoodies. We do have some of this, like the sweet new logos that we got designed. Um, oh, we, got yeah. some, I, we did get some really fun stuff when we when we, when we we brought uh, Larissa in to do our, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, to, to do our stuff. newer merch line um yeah which so, I think is great and then yeah so anything uh, there is greatly appreciated i know like you know it gets cold out there there's stuff for so. summer too there's stuff for summer too for those of, for those of you that are enjoying yeah, the summer i was gonna say the um, hemisphere yeah down like under, if, uh, yeah summer down so, under. i'm so oh, sorry no. <laughs> i regret nothing we're gonna get some feedback from tim from that but uh yeah i know the summer, tim is, is, but it's been six months tim I, I i guess i guess we missed you so uh you know but uh yeah if you're down there sun's out guns up we got tank tops we got hats to keep the sun out of your eyes uh from there we also we still have patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash drunkenomics d-o-u-n-k-n-o-m-i-c-s anything there is greatly appreciated that'll certainly help us keep the liquor flowing the lights on the mic's hot i don't have to keep my drinks cold, cold right now i actually I have oh. to. I, I could just stick them outside for a minute, but the problem is if I leave them out there too long, they tend to explode. So, <laughs> even the wine? What? Oh, it'll pop the cork right out. There we um, go. Oh yeah, can't let that happen. So I made that yeah. mistake. I left a. Um, you did. I put a. Uh, wow. I put a. I put a tin. A, I put a tinny down on uh, a table out back uh, when I was with the dogs, and I heard a pop. And wow. I was like, that was really weird. And then I turned around and looked around, and like it had. Like the top had popped open because it had frozen, like enough of it had frozen. Wow, dude, I can't <laughs> believe you. All I'm saying is if you want to help James replenish that, uh, you know, visit our Patreon. But with that, seriously, anything there is greatly appreciated. I'm sorry we're down to like every other week this year, but, uh, you know, I hope we can make the most of it next week, 8.30 Central Time, p.m. Uh, I'd love to see you guys in the general Discord. In the general Discord chat. Yeah, but until then, please remember to play Chestnut Checkers. Don't brag, just say, always feel and kill, but most importantly, do what's that one thing again, James? I just gotta stay drunkenomical, guys. That's what it is. Cheers, my friend. Cheers.